And when we talk about impact, you know, it's funny, I've had these conversations with other entrepreneurs where, you know, again, they want to do well as well as make revenue. Well, I think that's the kind of the secret sauce of having Runway of Dreams Foundation as a nonprofit and Gamut Management as a for-profit. We have incredible programs that are happening throughout the year, one of which is, is actually just ramping up now, and that's our college club programs. So we are on over 20 campuses across the country. Good morning and good afternoon. It's just turned 12 o'clock here in sunny uh, fall, New Jersey. I'm Eric Tash. I'm the, the host of Worthy for 30, a podcast where I talk with inspiring leaders who are doing good while doing well. Coming out of a summer hiatus, I'm really excited to really hit the ground running uh, with my next guest, uh, Mindy Shire, who is the founder and CEO of Runway of Dreams and Gamut Management. Welcome to the show, Mindy. Thank you, Eric. I'm so happy to be here. Excellent. I, I, again, I appreciate your time. Uh, you have an incredible story. You know, getting ready for this uh, conversation, I had to see what Mindy was has been up to. Um, and before we get into that, I would love to and would love for you to provide the listeners just a background of how you got started with uh, Runway of Dreams and Gamut Management. Absolutely. So I am a fashion designer by trade. I'm also the mom of a now 18-year-old son who has a rare form of muscular dystrophy. And we learned early on that he was going to have challenges with everyday tasks, one of which was dressing himself which is the very thing I love more than anything. But for Oliver, it was a daily reminder of what he could not do. And when it became time for him to go to school, he had to wear sweatpants every day because it was the only way that we knew he'd be able to go to the bathroom on his own because he couldn't do buttons and zippers or put pants over his leg braces. So when he was eight years old, he came home from school and, and had a small request of just being able to wear jeans. He wanted to wear jeans like everybody else got to wear. And it was a real kick in the stomach moment that here I was in this solidly in the fashion industry. And I needed my eight-year-old to remind me of how powerful clothing is to who you are as a person and the ability to have choice in what you wear. And he had none. So this was in 2014. And I decided to take my background and have a teeny tiny little goal of changing the fashion industry by really educating and raising awareness to the fact that people with disabilities, the largest minority in the world, um, 1.8 billion people on our planet identify with having a disability. And there were no clothing options, no mainstream clothing options at the time. So I started Runway Dreams to kind of tackle that goal. And in 2016, we partnered with Tommy Hilfiger and made fashion history by developing the first ever mainstream adaptive clothing line. And what that partnership did was really open the floodgates to so many other brands and even other industries that reached out to Runway Dreams and said, well, how do we get into the adaptive space? How do we connect with people with disabilities? So in 2019, I launched Gamut Management which is the first consulting and talent community exclusively working in the adaptive space and only representing people with disabilities. Well, that's, uh, that's amazing. And it started, so Oliver was eight at the time. So that was 2013, 2014. Yes. So how, so when he came home, 
with mom, I'm wanting to wear jeans. And then you realize, okay, there are no options, at least then, for him to wear jeans. And, and again, there needs to be some sort of adaptive clothing line for people with disabilities. How long did it take from that moment to starting Runway of Dreams? I started it fairly quickly, to be honest with you. We were established in um, 2014 because I felt that I had nothing to lose. And really in early conversations with brands, and I was fortunate enough to come from the, the fashion industry. So I did have connections and I was first met with the kind of response of good for you. What a, an amazing idea and good luck. But if nobody's ever done this before, we can't put money behind that. And when you get those type of responses over and over again, um, you, you do have to pivot and you have to think about how can I accomplish this goal if I can't get brands to take a chance? So that's when I decided to become a nonprofit because I realized that if I was colossally wrong and the market wasn't going to reveal itself and maybe my stats were off or all of that, then anybody that was willing to take a chance would have gotten a tax deduction and it felt like the right thing to do. Uh, for these brands. So that's when I decided to go the nonprofit route. I just knew that the market would reveal itself. And thankfully, it did. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's, it's, it started with Tommy Hilfiger in 2016. I think when I saw the view segment, I think you were up to eight brands at the time. Uh, and how many brands are you currently working with on adapted fashion lines? So now we uh, we just had our New Year Fashion Week show a week ago, and we had 11 brands on the run runway, ranging from luxury with Neiman Marcus to lingerie with the debut of Victoria's Secret's first adaptive collection, which was incredibly exciting and validating of the importance of our runway because Victoria's Secret chose to debut at Runway of Dreams versus their their own show, which was a week before. Oh, wow. That's a, that's amazing. So one to eight to 11. And I imagine it's like now it's like a snowball. Like, you know, everyone's hearing about this and hearing all about all about the great work that Runway of Dreams is doing with all these you know mainstream clothing and fashion brands are like raising their hand. Like, OK, how can I get involved? Which is which is amazing. Again, you're creating this this flywheel. Uh, and creating scale in terms of impact. And when we talk about impact, you know, it's funny, I've had these conversations with other entrepreneurs where, you know, again, they want to do well as well as make revenue. So for the brands who are looking at these double bottom lines, you know, the bottom line is, okay, we're going to introduce this, this fashion line and we need to make money. Again, we're in, in a for-profit business, but we also have this other bottom line in terms of impact. So what sort of feedback loop are you providing the Tommy Hilfiger's and the Victoria's Secrets on the impact that they're making with introducing these adaptive clothing lines? Well, I think that's the kind of the secret sauce of having Runway of Dreams Foundation as a nonprofit and Gamut Management as a for-profit because it is very much the why of Runway Dreams and the how of Gamut Management that when they are utilized together, um, which is kind of the path that Victoria's Secret went down, the impact they got to see very clearly on the runway um, and the unbelievable response from a press perspective that we've gotten over the past week. And then, of course, the bottom line aspect of working with Gamut, that they authentically 
developed with women with disabilities by their side, the whole process, a, a, a product that they can really get behind and stand behind that they did this in the most authentic way. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And, and just to remind the listeners, you know, Gamma Management, again, you're, you're working with over 8,000 people with disabilities, talent with people with disabilities. Again, there's that database. But also for the brands like Victoria's Secret, you're helping them from ideation all the way to go to market to make sure there's an authentic production. You know, again, they're going to going about this, about adaptive fashion in the most authentic way possible. It, it reminds me of, of um, some other brands. I don't know if Dove Beauty Sketches really makes, uh, you know, is as relevant as or, or as, a, as a good comparison. But it's, you know, again, if you want to reach a specific segment of the population, you need to do it in the most authentic way possible. It shouldn't just be lipstick on, let's say, on a on a picture, on a post. Again, what I'm saying is, you know, being insincere, like, okay, we're going to post and show that we're on social media and show that we're in solidarity with this, this uh, seg- segment of the population. It's no, you know, the people behind the scenes who are actually producing the, the good that someone else is going to be wearing down the line, it needs to have that input from that person who is in that in that consumer's shoes, right? Absolutely, yes, and and that it's it's a methodology to your point that really we should be following for designing anything is really the end consumer having a voice in how it's developed, and this population in particular, there really is no designer, no marketer, no PR agent that can be in this space without people with disabilities being by their side. And that includes myself. I, I only know my world with Oliver. That's the world that I live on a daily basis. But I don't know somebody with a limb difference. I don't know somebody that's in a wheelchair full time. So you have to have the input from as many different voices as possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, a- absolutely. And and in, in terms of, you know, again, you know, Oliver came home from school. He wanted to wear jeans. Again, you didn't really have to go far for, for that insight. Okay, there's something there. You know, in terms of starting a business, whether, it, you know, initially it was a for-profit, you pivoted to nonprofit. Then, again, you, you gained momentum. You started Gamut Management. You know, to again help brands enter this adaptive fashion space, but for the for the entrepreneur or the aspiring entrepreneur that's listening, what's your advice? You know, for the person who's on this journey and, and is just like again wa- waiting for the faucet to to drip water. Um, what what's yeah what what's what's your advice for for them in in terms of trying and, and taking that first step? I I think I have two pieces of advice. The first one is that you have to have your north star your ultimate goal of what you want to accomplish, what what is, what is the business, what is the product, whatever that North Star is. But you have to be open to different pathways to get there. I am the most perfect example. I knew nothing about the nonprofit world, absolutely nothing. But I had to take that feedback that I was consistently getting that nobody was willing to take a risk on something that had never been done before, take a financial risk. And so I had to take a step back and say, my North Star is I want to get adaptive products into the mainstream world as quickly as I can, because I know that the population will reveal itself and the size of the market, et cetera. So that's when I made the pivot to become a nonprofit. The other piece of feedback is that a, a a wall or a closed door or you know some block in your path is 
is just feedback. It's not rejection. It's not, it doesn't mean that you had to stop. It just means that you have to take a beat, rethink your path and focus on your, your North star. And when you think about it from that perspective, there's no downside. It's just really, it's, it's keeping true to what your focus and purpose is. Mm -hmm. and, and making sure that that's aligned. Yes. Both personally and professionally, which is, which is amazing, you know, cause you know, people often think that that feedback is fatal. Like, okay, I'm getting feedback or I'm getting a no. And that means I need to stop altogether. What you're saying is it's not a no or it's not uh, fatal or final. It's again, take a step back, take a deep breath and really reassess as much from the outside in as possible. So you can figure out, okay, what is the best path forward from this point going or this point on, uh, which is, which is amazing. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's an amazing advice because it's, it's also um, showing a level of, of self-awareness. I think a lot of the entrepreneurs that have come on to the, to the show, uh, a level of self-awareness or need to be self-aware to understand that there's some things that, well, personally, there's some things that I'm good at. There's some things that I'm, I might not be good at. There's some things I need to, the things that I, I'm not good at, who can I reach out to, to speak with, to, to help me uh, in that area? Uh, and then also the self-awareness or being a little bit vulnerable about, again, accepting the feedback uh, as, as, a, as a growth uh, opportunity, not as uh, something to stop you in your tracks, which I think is, which is great. In terms of 2023 and beyond, what are the aspirations for Runway of Dreams? You know, you mentioned you've, New York Fashion Week just passed. You've worked with and showcased 11 different brands that you're working with. What are the aspirations for the remainder of the year going into 2024? So going into 2024, we on the runway of dream side, um, now we go into the mode of already thinking about what 2024 is going to look like. Generally, we have a moment in during like spring fashion week and of course, New York fashion week in the fall and really thinking through the greatest impact that we can have actually next year uh, marks 10 years of starting Runway Dream. So it will, will definitely be our kind of big celebration. Um, but we also, you know, our impact is not just about this amazing runway show that we do. We have incredible programs that are happening throughout the year, one of which is is actually just ramping up now, and that's our college club programs. So we are on over 20 campuses across the country um, in college clubs, which really help to inspire next generations, close the gap between students that have disabilities and those that don't, and really make the impact through you know, the, the future generations, which is a requirement for a change to happen. So I'm, I'm really, really proud about the the kind of multitasking that we do as an organization of, you know, our big splashy moments of New York Fashion Week, but also very granular moments um, on college campuses across the country. Mm -hmm. and, and how did that start? How did that come about? You know, you said you're, you're working with 20 different colleges and clubs. So when we um, at Runway Dreams really thought about how can we make the most impact beyond the fashion industry, beyond working with the, the executives, et cetera. Um, and it became very important to us to make sure that we are inspiring future generations of designers or 
marketers, PR, you name it, anything that circulates around the fashion and beauty industry. And so it became an important focus for us, uh, for colleges and college clubs to really understand the impact uh, that they have on making change happen and inclusion of people with disabilities. Great. And and in terms of, because again, this seems more of a, of a grassroots effort, what and what has the again the, the the feedback or the impact that you've seen being involved with with all these uh, colleges, universities, and clubs? I have to say the 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 generations that are going through college right now are so uniquely poised that they really demand so much of of companies that are for the social good of our world. Um, from obviously sustainability, um, being diverse, all of the the wonderful attributes of of this generation, but they are now shifting to also demanding inclusion of people with disabilities. Um, I think many of them have been touched by disabilities, whether it's personal or a family member, a loved one, etc., because we have so much more um, intel now that we can put a name to erratic behavior or lack of understanding or controlling yourself and it's ADHD or, you know, having all these diagnoses that weren't available 10 years ago that this, that all fall under the disability umbrella. So not only is there more knowledge, um, but there's more acceptance and more demand of true inclusion. More acceptance, you know. Again, true inclusion, and what you what you also said is very. Uh, I just want to um, hit on this point for a second because when there's lack of understanding or lack of knowledge, that turns into bullying, right? It's like because bullying, we bully people who are different, who are othered, or we other the these people that we don't fully understand. So, exactly. at, at a grassroots level, you know, the impact again that this generation that's going through college now again because they're they're more. Uh, not sense it. They're more conscious, conscious of you know of all these you know the, the differences. But the differences make us unique. Not differences is a weakness. It makes us unique. Uh, and again, it's it's how do we push forward with this understanding to preempt any sort of future bullying, which I think is, which is huge because you know in this it's right now we live in this inf- as you can attest we live in this in this world where we have mobile computers at our at our fingertips where we can look up anything. And what's also with, with so much power, there's also the potential of it being used for bad. You know, I, I think of, I have a seven-year-old daughter, I have a three-year-old son, and I'm thinking about, okay, in the future, when they have access to social media, how do I make sure that they're not susceptible to online bullying? Unfortunately, what what you can control is, you know, guidance and support of, of your children if and when that happens. I mean, to be honest with you, as it was really disheartening uh, for the little, because I cannot give any time, energy, anything to um, social media that says horrible things about women on the runway wearing lingerie, the adaptive collection from Victoria's Secret. But it is, it's just not worth any amount of energy. It is something that you have to just move through because it's a platform that there's no regulations on and people can just say 
whatever they want to say. And they're, but yet they're the ones who are behind the computers. They're not out making a difference or making change happen or walking a runway. So I personally loved the responses of the women that were on the runway to those that had negative comments. And it was very empowering, very strong, um, and very, you know, shame on you. Shame on you. And, you know, understanding that from, you know, from the assertiveness or, or being kind, because I think at the, at the very least, you know, you know, people can be mean, but does that mean you need to be mean in, in return? It's coming from a place of kindness. How has how, how has kindness propelled you to this point? And how does it continue to propel you to this point? Because I would think, you know, being kind is, is such a, you know, people think nice and kind are, you know, those folks finish last. Where I, as I think, you know, working with and, and speaking with and meeting all these great people who are super successful in what they do, they're, they're incredibly kind. That doesn't mean that they're, they, they um, aren't assertive or they, they don't have boundaries or they're not holding themselves or the other people accountable. They're being kind by, you know, by inspiring uh, other folks. So I'd just love to get your perspective on, on kindness. I love this topic and I like the words that you just chose because people do associate kindness with weakness or that you're, you know, demure. Um, and it's actually, it, you can treat kindness in, in any way possible. I tend to be assertive in my kindness. Um, I use my kindness in a, in a very powerful way. I mean, look what we just created uh, in during New York Fashion Week. I mean, it was the greatest joy and and spreading of kindness that that one could do on a you know arguably the the most important you know platform in the fashion industry and it is um a a definite snowball effect that it you know leaked into the room it leaked out into the press of wow how extraordinary extraordinary this is and such a spreading of just treating people as humans and that people come in all different shapes sizes and abilities that is that is an essence of kindness is appreciation of the differences that that we all have and i am i love being assertive about it Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, and what you're also explaining is the force multiplication of the impact because it's the, the women, let's say, uh, that are on the runway. And again, in the Victoria's Secret adaptive fashion line, it's the people watching it. It's the press who's seeing it. It's the people on social media talking about it. So there's just like all these correlate, correlating uh, factors that are impacting and amplifying this kindness. So perhaps, you know, that kindness is pushing out any of that negativity or that otherness that, that people may, may immediately default to because they just don't understand. I think what you're, a lot of the work, and, and again, just based on our conversation and, the, and, and doing my research before this conversation, you know, you're, you're educating and you're empowering at the same time as showing that we, you can be inclusive, you can create adaptive fashion lines if you're a, a for-profit business, and it's good for business. At the end of the day, it's it's great for business. Exactly, it's it's white space. Even you know, look, we have made incredible progress going from one brand in 2016 to now 11, uh, approaching 12 and 13 in in the next year, um, and many more to follow that. But in fashion, 
years, that is incredible progress. But we have, you know, a lot of, you know, a, a track ahead of us to go down and to make this so that you and I don't even have to have these conversations anymore. It is just a part of our, our mainstream world. Um, and we're getting there and progress is, is absolutely being made. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that, that is amazing. And you, you mentioned, you know, brand 11, 12, 13, again, again, the, the snowball effect of, you know, all the great work that, that other brands are seeing for the, you know, for the, the person, you know, who's the CMO, CEO of, let's, let's say XYZ company, who would you want to, to talk to coming out of this conversation that you and I are having? Who would be that, that ideal prospect uh, to speak with on working with Runway of Dreams and Gamut Management? Every brand. The goal really is to have every brand within the spectrum from budget to luxury have adaptive options for a population uh, that is the largest minority on our planet the only minority that we can all be a part of at any point in our life. And there's even statistics out there that show that there could be a time during even our lifetime, I'm a little older than you, but that there's more people in the world with a disability than not. So these conversations need to happen with every brand. With every brand. And I think when I was watching your Twitter interview, you know, you said 1.8 billion people have uh, some form of disability globally. I saw the stat one in four Americans have a disability or identify with having a disability. So to bring it down one layer for the, the for the person who's listening to the show, you know, one in four, that's a, that's a high probability that you're going to interact with someone that has some form of disability. And it's key that that we understand and that we understand each other and the, the difference. And again, it's not a difference that, that makes us weak. It's a difference that makes us unique. Uh, and then also, you know, all these great brands that are out there that are raising their hand on, okay, how can we help not just, you know, make a product that's, that's inclusive, but how can we help, uh, how can we help enrich the conversation that's happening? Exactly. Uh, cause, cause again, that coefficient factor of, yes, we can check the box, but really we, to, to gamut management's mission, it's, you know, how do you be as authentic as possible? Exactly. And that starts at the ideation, uh, or the idea phase. To, to go to market. So I think that's, that's uh, incredibly powerful. As I understand, we're, we're running up on time a little bit. Any, any parting wisdom, you know, for the, for the folks who are listening, again, you have the entrepreneur, the aspiring entrepreneur, the nonprofit leader, the CMO of a large brand who are all listening to the show. What is that, that message that you want them to hear in order for them to understand how they can, one, the importance, but two, how they can get involved. My one pearl of wisdom is probably a story that I'd love to share because I think it does really encapsulate everything that we're talking about from an innovation perspective to white space. So um, the story goes that there was a teacher who was in a wheelchair and he rolled up to school on a very snowy day And the custodian was there shoveling the stairs. And the teacher said to the custodian, would you mind shoveling the ramp so that I could get into school? And the custodian says, absolutely. Let me just finish the steps and I will do the ramp next. And the teacher said to him, but if you do the ramp first, everyone can get into school. So the reality is that one idea can change the world. 
one concept, one new way of thinking about something that has been done previously. So hopefully this is an inspiration that just because something has been done a certain way doesn't mean it's the only way. And let's really think about not only the greater good, but things can make change happen on a small scale as much as on a big scale. So take that ownership, take the power and make a difference. Excellent advice and, and, and inspiration. In terms of that white space, you mentioned white space. You know, again, this hasn't been done before. Um, innovation. What does innovation look like in the, in the adaptive fashion or adaptive space? So innovation fashion? really um, has a remarkable range from you know technological perspective um, of all the new cool fabrications that are coming out that can you know detect you know, your body temperatures or a GPS and and things that really do affect the the population of people with disabilities. But again, it can also be just rethinking the way things are done. Just because a you know a shirt classically has buttons on it. The the button and buttonhole was developed in the 13th century. So the fact that we are still using that technology when we literally can run our lives through this thing is almost is is mind blowing. So there we are in a place in life that we can have solves and at our fingertips we have had magnets this whole time and you know thinking through that a magnet could be just right behind a button and it could make the product more easily wearable for more people is innovative is is a a step in a direction that literally can change people's lives it's amazing. Again, it's you know you mentioned the white space. There's there's plenty of white space. There's plenty of ways to innovate. Small eye, you know, making some some just some easy tweaks. You know, again, you use a button down shirt. You still have the button, but you have a magnet underneath, so the the shirt can clasp. Uh, and again, make it inclusive for for everyone and fashionable for for everyone. Um, that's uh, yeah, that, that is you know just tremendous context and, and just understanding. And also the fact that um, you don't, we don't necessarily need to default to doing things a certain way because just because we've done it a certain way, you know, again, there's always room to, to rethink because rethinking may open up other possibilities. One, one last question, Mindy, is terms of benchmarking. Uh, you know, you mentioned again, white space innovation. How are you benchmarking success year on year? couple of ways. One, a very uh, recognizable way is that in 2016, we had one brand on our runway. In 2023, we have 11 and a half. The 12th is about to, to launch. And that already in a relatively short span of time is remarkable. Um, and really the amount of people that we have touched, the impressions that we get, yeah, I think our last count was uh, 2.3 billion impressions from those that have either watched the show, have seen on social media about the show, sharing on LinkedIn. All that is such a, a benchmark to success because it all does start with a conversation and, you know, really asking the question to your companies or to, you know, whatever um, work that you do is how are we thinking about people with disabilities in, in what we do? Because I guarantee you every consumer product out there or service 
does affect people with disabilities and can be tweaked to make it easier for them. It is so true. It is so, it's so true. It, all, it, it starts with that conversation. It starts with asking the question and like, huh, I haven't thought about that. Or, huh, you know what? I know so-and-so. And it just, again, it, it's like to, to the idea of working with one brand and now you're working with uh, 11 and a half, 12, 13 brands, you know, <laughs> towards the end of 2023, it, it, it all started with a conversation and people like, wait a minute, you know, yeah, I, I, I can relate or I understand, or again, I know someone, you know, again, it's, it's amazing how humans, you know, we have brands and we sometimes put brands on, on a pedestal, but at the end of the day, humans like transacting with humans. Yes. At the, at, again, at the end of the day. And so when you're showing some, some, some level of vulnerability, and I, I think of vulnerability as a way to, is a, is a quick pathway to trust. Yes. Like this brand is, again, is being vulnerable and they're trying something new, like, and it's being inclusive, like, oh my God, maybe I should, should take a look and really understand, you know, why they're doing this and what they're bringing to the marketplace. Exactly. Uh, and, and to your point about North Star, making sure, uh, and those college students that you're inspiring, you know, making sure that everything aligns from, from purpose all the way down to the product and service that they're uh, going to market with. Mindy, this has been a, uh, a tremendous conversation. You're, you're a wealth of information and a wealth of inspiration. Uh, and for the, for, for the folks who are, again, who are going to be listening to the show, how can they follow and learn more about you, Runway, Runway of Dreams, and Gamut Management? Absolutely. So certainly our website's runwayofdreams.org, Gamut Management, that's G-A-M-U-T dot com. Um, please learn more about what we do. Follow us on social media. As we just talked about, it does all start with a conversation, a question. How are we thinking about our consumers with disabilities? There you have it. So I'll put that those links in the in the show notes once the uh, the episode goes live. Mindy, again, really appreciate your time thank this you afternoon. So much. Yes, thank you, and we'll we'll be in touch. Perfect. Bye bye. Bye.